Welcome to Opportunité Africa, Unpacking the Continent. Today, I'm joined by Connect Africa member Carl Endenberg. Carl is a serial entrepreneur, having initially founded Set Recruitment in South Africa over 20 years ago, and since then has continued to expand his human capital expertise through Copper Quail, a specialist headhunting business, and Africa Deployments, which provides employment of record and payroll solutions on the African continent. So good morning, Carl. Great to have you join us. Yeah, good morning, Brendan. Thanks very much for giving me an opportunity to discuss the topic um, of the recruitment landscape in Africa. Yeah, so Carl, uh, Africa being the continent of opportunities, uh, maybe I can open up and just ask you, what are the trends are you seeing in terms of human capital skills required on the African continent? Yeah, Africa is a very exciting uh, place at the moment, particularly with the, the the growth. You know, there's there's good growth from a fairly low base, but there's a, there's a good economic growth in most of these countries. And Africa is a continent with rich minerals, gold, diamonds, coal, platinum, silver, um, and various others. The types of skills that are acquired on the mining side, uh, typically specialist mining skills such as drilling, mining engineers, mechanical project uh, procurement, and electrical skills, and so on. Uh, there's also a demand uh, for renewable energy project skills, mainly within the wind, solar, and hydro side. So lighting up Africa there. Um, and another area which has really grown quickly is, has, has, has been the fintech space, sort of behind Mpesa from from Kenya. They've really um, there's lots of innovation going into Africa, um, and it's quite yeah. it's quite exciting. And Cole, I mean, just touching, you know, uh, what we're seeing is there's a big drive for um, countries to have uh, sort of value-adding processes and also with the free, uh, African free trade agreement coming up. What about the manufacturing sector? How is that evolving? Yeah, so there's a lot of excitement there. So a lot of the big players have moved into Africa. Just uh, the, the numbers in Africa are quite exciting and, and, and a growing uh, sort of middle-income uh, group. So there's definitely a uh, you know the likes of the Cadburys and, and 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 so on are moving in there. The various breweries are moving in there. So there's a there's a lot of excitement in that space, um, and 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 certainly are, are moving in quite aggressively into various regions. Great. So I mean, just touching on your 20 years, uh, I mean, you, the, the the African landscape must have tra- changed dramatically. So in terms of your your role in the human capital side of that, how have you seen the African continent and the skills landscape change over the time that you've been uh, been involved on the continent? So it's been quite interesting. So um, you know, re- 20 years ago, we were mainly placing expats and bringing skills into Africa. I would say 90% of the placements that we make in Africa these days are local. You know, and uh, and and very good skills coming through. We also work hard at trying to get um, nationals, let's say Nigerian nationals, to return home, or um, people from Uganda who are sitting in London, uh, getting them to return home. So we we do quite a lot of work and on trying to encourage individuals to re- return back to their country. Um, Carl, I mean, some of the statistics and, uh, you know, I think a lot of the listeners who are following African uh, and how Africa is evolving, but there's a median age of 20 years. And I think statistics show that 40% of, of the population on the continent is aged below 15 years old. So, I mean, this obviously is a massive opportunity. Um, but, uh, you know, what are you seeing in terms of skill development for these this youth uh, youthful population that's that's growing? I mean, what are the drivers of the skill development going forward? 
So I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, you know, and 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 typically it's important that uh, companies, these big companies, manufacturing companies, mining companies, and so on, that are, that are coming into these regions are taking a responsibility to set up a skills program and to and 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 to grow those various skills within those countries. Um, there was a glass manufacturer, for instance, um, who bought a business uh, in in Nigeria. And once they did a due diligence, in fact, they realized that majority, they had a lot of expats in that business. Um, and uh, after they bought that business, they, they felt that they could run that business fairly efficiently, um, if not more efficiently with their local local skills. So I think the skills are there. Uh, we just need to have confidence in these guys delivering um, delivering on that, you know, with a little bit of guidance and and, and, and skills. But there's some very good skills coming through. And and on the fintech and 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 uh, programming side, it, it's unbelievable how good these guys are catching up very very quickly. So it's very exciting. And Carl, I mean, obviously, just going back to your previous point about the diaspora that currently resides in London and and uh, you know the likes of the US, etc. Uh, I mean, obviously, that must represent an opportunity for them to come back and bring those skills that they've acquired in their times uh, overseas back onto the continent and and basically upskill people as well. I mean, is there? Do you see that as a trend or a possible trend going forward? Yeah, I think I think uh, there, there's a there's quite a um, an exciting space. A lot of a lot of these individuals have made quite good income over the years. You know, sitting in London or the states or wherever, and they've come with great ideas. Um, I've got a client who came back from the states after 15 years, and they and they they're driving these fintech projects. So, and then with that investment, they're obviously upskilling the individuals. You know, within their countries and within their region. So it's very exciting. I mean. Just, just to give a different take on things, um, Africa literally, you know, probably under 10% of, of individuals are bankable in most countries. Under 10% of people have, have electricity in most countries. So if you, if you change that dynamic just by a couple of points or a couple of percentage, suddenly you're going to see a huge uptake. So, so economic growth of five to 7% is going to be substantially bigger. And it is certainly the future. Very exciting. So we all know Africa is not one country. It's it's made up of 54 very different countries. But in your experience and having worked across the continent in, in your various businesses, I mean, are you seeing any countries that have got the skill balance right? Uh, any ones that are, are, are more have been more progressive? Definitely. You know, Rwanda has been a shining light um, in growing skills in Africa. Um, they've used new, new innovation with a large international in, in investment in upskilling the local locals, there's an example um, of what can be achieved in a relatively short period. I mean, it's probably 15 to 20 years, they've become a leader, particularly strong within the IT programming side and fintech area. You know, I have I have um, sat where, where I'm looking for um, programming skills in Mauritius, and they're asking me to to search people from Rwanda. So they're getting a name. Um, and they are exporting a quite quite a few of their um, their, their, their people are leaving. They're, they're being poached to go to the likes of Kenya, to Botswana, um, to Tanzania, um, just to assist on various fintech projects in those areas. And I think Kenya is also very exciting. I mean, there, there's a there's a there's a real positivity about the ability to get things done off the back of Mpesa. That's been a leading product that's been rolled out um, throughout Africa. You know, so it's very very exciting. 
Yeah, and I think the technical skills, I mean, I also read an article the other day that Kenya are aiming to produce the uh, a smartphone domestically, which will be sold for something like 40 US dollars. Uh, and so I guess the technology uh, uptake is going to be incredible if that it can happen and is rolled out. Um, and Carl, just uh, obviously we've discussed about the diaspora um, uh, that that have basically skill exports uh, from Africa. Uh, is that trend continuing or are you seeing people wanting to come back closer to home as a result of uh, post-COVID experiences? So it's quite interesting. And for as long as I remember, there's been a, a demand for trained healthcare workers from Africa, um, you know, within Europe. Interestingly, Africa has been supplying Europe uh, healthcare workers for the last two decades, uh, which has been uh, create, created a shortage back home. Uh, COVID certainly hasn't helped, you know, particularly countries like Zimbabwe, where you've got an unemployment rate at the moment of 95%. Um, the Zimbabweans are looking for opportunities. So, so there's almost a, there's a, there's a push towards Europe, earning, earning a solid currency, earning pounds, and then, and then sending that money back home. Um, you know, over, over the last sort of 20 years, uh, there's been a movement of, of engineering and accounting skills from Africa, um, through, you know, through to Europe and, and supporting a lot of, um, electrical goods and so on. And we find ourselves in, in, in situations of load shedding and so on, but a lot of our, our core skills have actually moved to, to countries like Australia and New Zealand. Carl, and also, uh, you know, I think the workplace has changed substantially um, as a result of COVID. You know, I think uh, everyone is far more flexible in terms of working from home, um, you know, uh, using Teams and the likes uh, to, to, to have meetings and interact. I mean, is that something that you're also seeing that there's an opportunity on the continent in terms of creating re remote teams uh, where you have skills, uh, you know, of, and international companies employing skills on the continent? Absolutely. I mean, that's been typically the, the level of English is, is good within Africa, you know, and there's quite, uh, the accents are quite enjoyed through, uh, throughout the likes of Europe and, 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 and also the time zones are, are useful, um, you know, from that perspective. So, um, re remote teams are, are, are basically for those people who don't know, um, where, uh, it's based in one region con conducting work in others. Uh, for example, you're based in, 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 South Africa or Kenya, and you're conducting an audit, you know, audit for firms in, in Europe and, and, and the USA. Um, so South Africa has grown its BPO process outsourcing, and I noticed that Namibia and Botswana are doing the same. I mean, we're currently in, in employing individuals, uh, for instance, in Namibia um, to to do because they're German speaking to do call centers for the travel industry for for, for a German client. And we've got we've got 40 people on the ground there, um, so it's a, it's a very exciting situation because you can use these skills in Africa to create employment in Africa and offer offer a service um, to Europe and the states. States is tricky because of the time zones, but they, we still have clients who, who, who use it. So. Uh, and Carl, I mean, uh, if if I was a client now looking to create a remote team, I mean, one of the, the 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 complexities about investing or even doing business in Africa is that obviously it's a myriad of different legislations across different countries. So I guess that creates quite a few complexities. So um, you know, how 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 could one, if they were looking at that, how could one uh, navigate those complexities and and establish a remote working team? 
Yeah, so typically you, you want to dip your toe in the water first and, and test if the concept works. You know, uh, also very difficult to, to set up and time consuming and rather expensive. You know, for instance, Ghana, you would have to uh, up, up front be paying $50,000 just to set up. So it's an expensive process and it can take a long time. Some countries are better than others. You know, Kenya, I set up a business in a week. So that's, that, that's not an issue, but there are other reasons why we go. So typically, these employers are employed through an employer record or um, a payroll outsourcing solution. Um, and what that means is the employer uh, is employed by a local entity, which takes charge of the local taxation, the payment of the statutory, uh, as well as dealing with local contractual law and labor issues. Um, we have a business Africa deployment that actually specializes in this and, and, and understand that in every country you have a different labor law. Every country you have a different tax law. I mean, we have certain clients, uh, certain companies like Senegal that they, they're charging VAT on salary. So they're double taxing you, but that's just the way it is. You've got to accept. So if you don't build those costs into your project, um, then you suddenly you're going to, you have, you have, your costs are going to balloon and you're going to make losses. Um, Zambia is another example. For every year of project um, that you do in Zambia, Zambia, you have to pay them three months. So if, if if someone works for four years on a contract, you have to give them a year off, paid for a year. So if you don't build that into your project costs, your labor costs are up twenty five percent from what you expect them to be. So just maybe, I mean, uh, you know, it's obviously very complex, but maybe expand a little bit on the Africa deployment business. Uh, you know, where can you help clients uh, who, or people who want to set up on the continent? What's your footprint like? So we work out of 46 African countries um, at the moment. There's some that we can supply um, services to, but we don't. So we actually have people on the ground in 46 African countries. So it would be basically you've got an idea, you've got a concept, um, you want it's project based often. So NGOs love love this because they want to go into a certain area, make an impact for three years, and then move on to a different region. You know, so typically we offer that um, engineering, uh, project engineering houses, uh, building roads, building, um, and they just want the labor issue taken away from them. Mining also is, is, is an area that, that we can assist on. And it just, it, it makes it cleaner so the individuals can focus on, on, on their various projects. So what do we do? And um, we would sort out, I mean, obviously it depends on the country because certain countries very difficult to get work permits for expats, but most of them, um, if, if, if the project's been signed off, not an issue. So we would, we would go through that process of sorting out work permits for individuals, opening bank accounts for the individuals, um, sorting out the payroll, paying over their statutory. Um, understand in some countries, you don't just log on, log on to e-filing. You literally got to go stand with a check and cash and pay those statutories every month and then get receipts for those statutories. So we monitor those receipts and make sure that, that everything, all the statutories are paid every single month. Um, and it works very, very well. It can be set up in most countries within a week. So it, it, it's a very quick, um, efficient solution. That's very useful. Um, Carl, just uh, maybe one other touch on in terms of retention. So, you know, there's, it seems that there's a, a global skills shortage at the moment post COVID. But uh, if someone was looking to Africa, what is your, what are your um, sort of experiences in respect of uh, staff retention or how does one build a, a you know, a, a solid uh, base of staff? What, what should people be focusing on? So it's interesting. I think with COVID, I, I think we've all, it's all been a bit of a grounding stage for us. And I think we've learned, 
um, that, that we're all human, you know. So in, instead of chasing the, the, the targets, continue, we, we realize that we're actually a little bit fragile and we're, and we're, and we're human. So I think as a, as a manager or a company, um, you need to give swift professional feedback uh, on candidate CVs and interviews and respect the time that they've invested in by, by all parties. You know, so, 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 um, I've found recently uh, a lot of candidates have become a lot more fussy. So if you don't get back to them in a week, they go, listen, I'm not interested in working for a business like that. They've got no respect, you know, so, so, um, they've got options. Uh, they're in demand and they're starting to, to have a voice, you know, as far as, um, and, and, and we've had situations where we don't get feedback for three months. That is just not acceptable. The word will get out very quickly um, that that's the nature of the business. And no one wants to work for businesses like that anymore. You know, they, and, they, and they don't have to because they've got options. Um, so when you earmark a candidate, um, that could be good for your operation. Don't procrastinate. There's, there's a shortage of skills and the market's not, not going to wait for you. Um, the manager in the company must conduct themselves professionally at all time, times. The, the market's small, um, and the market talks and, and word gets out there. Um, you don't want anyone posting anything on social media uh, in a negative way about you. Um, not that that happens that often, but, but it can. Um, and finally, I suggest you do a personality and psychometrics tests, uh, to align, you know, the individuals in, in, in your company culture and ethics. You know, ethics has become massively important. Um, if you talk about sort of ESG and all sorts of things, environment, ethics, um, very important. And then also for some roles, you know, you need to have a certain uh, cognitive ability. So, I mean, we, we do these, um, tests for cognitive uh, tests as well. They're actually quite difficult, <laughs> but we do these tests, um, just to check if, if someone's got their cognitive ability to be a CEO or MD or operations director. So it's normally, normally at that level that they deal with it. Okay. So, Carl, uh, I mean, obviously, this has been a fantastic ch chat to you and get a little bit of insight into human capital on the continent. But uh, maybe just for the benefit of uh, our listeners, is there any sort of key takeaways or, or points that you'd like to end off with uh, for people just to consider? Yeah, I think it's just, uh, you know, search hard. You know, if, if you need a position filled quickly, don't, don't make a rash decision. You know, don't just say oh, we, we need to fill this. Don't make a desperate recruiting decision. I think, I think that can blow up in your face. Rather take the pain, take your time. Um, so it might sound like I'm contradicting myself, but take your time to find the right person. As soon as you find the right person, move quickly on it. Um, but certainly don't just hire for the sake of hiring. That, 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 that can, that can cause chaos within your business. You make one bad hire in your business and it becomes a toxic, uh, toxic influence in your business. So just make sure that you get it right as much as possible. Use the tools that are out there as much as possible. Um, so that re really would be my advice. Okay, Carl. Well, Carl, thanks for your time. I think it would be great to uh, maybe do a follow-up uh, podcast in a couple of years' time as Africa continues to evolve um, and develop. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for your time and thanks for some of the tips uh, that you've shared. Um, I'm sure they'll prove very useful to our listeners. Great. Thanks very much. Congratulations.